Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Hi there. I want to tell you about my webinars that are going to be coming up every month. I want you to check out my website and see what this month's webinar topic is and sign up. The format is going to be the same every month, even though the topics are going to change. It's going to be a huge variety of career-related topics. I'm going to give you a deep dive into content about that topic for about 30 minutes, and then you're going to have a chance for 30 minutes of Q&A in the chat box while I'm, I'm teaching you. You can ask me a question, and then if you're really brave, and I hope you will be, you can be volunteered to coach live on that month's topic so you can raise your hand and I'll coach you. I want to give you that URL so that you can go to my website, see what the next topic is and sign up. So go to http colon backslash backslash. Nope. So go to my website at exclusivecareercoaching.com forward slash webinar sign up see what this month's topic is, see when and, and, and what time it is, sign up and, uh, and get in there and participate with me. I look forward to having you there. Thanks. Greetings, career managers, and Happy New Year. As I record this, it is January 3rd of 2018. If you've listened to, I think it was my last podcast, I talked about setting an impossible goal for this year and uh, kind of why and what's going on with that. And so it is now time to make that impossible happen and do all of the crazy things that I'm going to have to do all and take all of the rejection that I'm going to have to take all of the no's all of the disappointments that come inherent in achieving something really fabulous so I'm pretty stoked about that pretty excited I hope you're excited about what 2018 holds for you too and we're going to kind of set the stage today and talk about um, some of the resources available to you in managing your career and managing a job search but first I had sort of three random things that I wanted to share with you today And these were things that I was very aware of over the holidays for different reasons. And I sort of thought about them quite a bit and thought about how applicable each of them was to you guys. So I wanted to share them with you. And the first one (laughs) is the phrase, eat your cake and have it too. Now, most of you are probably well familiar with the phrase, have your cake and eat it too, whatever that means. That's not the point of of, of this uh, topic. But what was interesting was I, I, over the holidays, I binged watched um, a Netflix special on the Unabomber. It was called Manhunt. And I think it was like eight episodes about the Unabomber that was really fascinating. A lot of things I didn't know about it. And one of the things that was critical to that case was there was a, um, this was in the early days of FBI profiling. And he actually was able to profile who the Unabomber was and and sort of prove that the Unabomber was Ted Kaczynski by a phrase that he had used in some writings that were attributed to him. It was a letter that he had written to someone. And then also that that same phrase was in that manifesto that he wrote that was published in the newspaper. 
and he had written, eat your cake and have it too. And as it happened, the profiler knew that that was actually the origin of the phrase. It wasn't, I'm going to um, eat your cake or have your cake and eat it too. It had originally started out before World War II as being eat your cake and have it too. And so the fact that he used that unusual but actually accurate phrase in two different documents in exactly the same wording, they were able to kind of tie that into him. So what's my point? So what in your life do you believe absolutely to be true but may not actually be? You would swear on a, a stand in a, in a courtroom that this is true. Something particularly about yourself that you believe to be true. So I, I'm encouraging you in this, uh, my, my point here is I really want you to question your beliefs because they're just thoughts in your head that you've had a lot of practice thinking. So are you absolutely certain and would be willing to testify in a court of law about certain restrictions to your career potential, certain restrictions to your upward mobility, certain beliefs about because of your age or your education level that there are certain caps on what you can accomplish. Um, are there certain skill sets that you believe limit you in your career? I want you to just question all of those things because it may very well be that what you believe to be true is not true at all. It's just your opinion of yourself and you are entitled and in fact encouraged to have a completely different opinion. So my bottom line question when I start thinking anything really good, bad or otherwise is my bottom line question is does this thought serve me? And if it doesn't, if I find that it is not a useful thought, then I start thinking about another thought that I could have that I could practice and believe and, and kind of work my way around to a much more positive thought. So eat your cake and have it too. That's thought number one for the holidays. My second thought, and this is something I've been saying to people for a while now, I, I discovered last year in going through my own coaching that I have a rain man mentality to money. And so what I mean by that is I have a thought in my head that everything costs $5,000. If you remember Rain Man, it was like, the, I don't know, it was like some underwear and like, I don't know, a television or something. And he thought they all cost the same amount of money. He had no idea. And he just repeated that same amount of money for everything. And I realized that I was kind of doing the same thing. And for some reason, $5,000, and, and it's, it's not a magical number, but it just, my point is that I tend to assume that I know how much something costs and, and don't even investigate the facts. I just assume it's $5,000. I can't afford it. And so <laughs> this has shown up for me a couple of times in the last year. And I really now pay very close attention to it. And I have addressed this issue. And one had to do with, um, I have a, a relatively old Honda Odyssey van, uh, 2006, uh, um, you know, model. And, oh my gosh, I, probably for the last four or five years, I have put up with the driver's door not staying open when I go to get out or if I'm, you know, getting in the car. It's the the mechanism in the door was, was shot, the, like the spring was shot or whatever it is, and it wouldn't stay open. So you can imagine me, especially if I was in a dress and I've got my foot stuck out the door, holding the door open with one foot while I try to get out. So it wasn't very ladylike, but it also, 
um, it was dangerous and it was just not, it was aggravating. It was a source of aggravation. And so when I was going through coaching last year, one of the things that we talked about was, um, oh, what was the word she used? Sort of those annoyances in our life and what, you know, what are you putting up with that you could avoid putting up with? You could get rid of it. And the first thing that came up for me when I was going through that work was that dang door drives me nuts. But I had thought for so long it cost $5,000. I mean, I, not necessarily that much money, but I just assumed that it was going to be incredibly expensive to fix this door. I had made such a big deal out of it. So that day that I was doing the work with uh, for my coaching, I said, okay, I'm going to go buy the collision shop. I, I have one that I've dealt with for something else. I'm going to go by there and ask. So they won't charge me anything. They're going to tell me how much it costs. And if it's $5,000, obviously I'm not going to get it done. Well, that $5,000 car repair ended up being 50 bucks, and they had it done like in, I think they had to order part the next day I brought it in and it was done in, you know, a couple of hours. And so that was a beautiful um, symbol to me of not making those assumptions, not just thinking I know something, but really investigating it. And this podcast is another another example of that mindset that I had. I really had wanted to do a podcast for some time. I'm, I've become obsessed with podcasts in the last two years um, and love the medium, see the growth in the medium, but I had decided it cost $5,000 to podcast. It was just way out of my budget. I didn't see how I could afford it. It was going to be a huge chunk of money. And so I, in my mastermind group that I was in, I had committed to doing uh, bi-weekly teleseminars. So I would do um, you know, f- basically phone calls with, with people who wanted to, to listen in and have, you know, same kind of content, but it would just be via phone. And I just couldn't get excited about it. I just, I couldn't make myself do the work. I wasn't motivated about it. And I just longed for the whole podcasting thing. That's what was of interest to me. And so through my mastermind group, I committed one day to investigating what it would actually cost to do a podcast. <laughs> And uh, not surprisingly, considering the topic, it wasn't anywhere near $5,000. So I learned that I needed to put a couple of hundred dollars into some kind of medium level equipment that would serve me well, probably forever, unless I become, you know, super, super famous and want to, you know, work in a recording studio. And there was a little bit of monthly cost involved in hosting and, and, and that kind of thing. But it was very minimal, like literally like 20 bucks. And I decided I would do my own show notes. That saved me a bunch of money. So the thing that I thought would cost $5,000 has cost me total. And I've been doing this for, this is my, what, I don't know, 13th episode or something. It's probably cost me less than $500 total. So these things really caused me to question my thoughts about money. And so I'm, I'm still working. This is a work in progress because I still have this thought ar- around travel. I, f- I fantasize about travel. I so want to travel, but I don't even look into it because I've decided it's a very expensive thing and I can't be away from work and all of that. So I've still got some work to do, but the message that I want to give to you from this, this, uh, 
lesson that I've learned is, you know, what's in your life that you really want to do, but you just know that it will cost too much money. And maybe that's money, dollars money, but maybe it's, it's, it will cost too much in terms of your time or maybe, you know, you have to have more of a skill to do the thing. You know, you don't want to go skiing because you've never skied before and, you know, you'll make a fool of yourself, whatever. But I really want you to question those beliefs, getting back to the point that I made uh, about the having your cake and eating it too, slash eat your cake and have it too. So the analogy that I like to use with my clients is any kind of idea. So if they're investigating a career, for example, I want them to mentally put that career kind of in the middle of a room, a big wide open room, and I want them to walk all the way around it, 360 degrees, very close to it, and look at it from all angles before making that decision. So the equivalent of that is really kind of doing your research. Maybe it's talking to people. Maybe it's even doing some volunteer work in a field, if that's um, something that you're thinking about going into. Um, rather than what most of us do and what I'm certainly guilty of doing, which is you know, standing in the door frame and looking at it from only one angle at a distance and making a decision about what that thing looks like or what that thing entails. So really get up close and look at it carefully before making that decision because oftentimes you will find that that thing doesn't cost $5,000. That's certainly been my experience. And maybe it doesn't cost as much time as you think it does or it doesn't cost as much um, experience as you think it does. So that's lesson number two from, from my holiday uh, musings. And number three is giving value ahead of time. And I was listening to my coach's podcast over the holidays, and that's one of her primary tenets is giving value ahead of time. And if there are entrepreneurs listening to this, that is um, a very central theme for most entrepreneurs, particularly in service-based businesses, give you we want to give you a sample of what we want to do. So rather than telling you about the experience of working with us or even having other people tell about the experience of working with us, the highest level of this is to actually demonstrate the value that we can offer by doing it, right? By actually giving you results ahead of time before you've ever given us any money. So what's that? What's the parallel for those of you who are in what I call W-2 jobs? Well, it might look like offering your services at free or working on a short-term contract initially. And I think that um, you marketing superstars, this is a particularly practical solution. So let's say that you're either new in the field or you're really wanting to take a fairly significant leap up the, the ladder in your career, or maybe you're taking a different slant on your marketing career, you wanna go in a different direction with it. And maybe you've tried with your job search and you're doing a really great job search with lots of networking, but you're still being faced regularly with, you know, we've selected a more qualified candidate or we've selected someone else and you're really feeling at a loss as to how to progress. What about the possibility of some contract work? So, you know, I know you're not ready to hire me full time and maybe you're not confident that I have exactly the skill set you're looking for, but I am confident that I can do this job and I can kill it. So here's what I'd like to propose. And then whatever that can look like. And it can be a paid arrangement, 
again, a contractual paid arrangement, it could be volunteer. That works particularly well if you're dealing with, let's say you really want to move into the nonprofit sector and do marketing for nonprofits. Well, what do they have coming up? What do they need that you could market for them? Um, do they need, you know, is your area of expertise website redesign? Do they need that? Do they have a program that they need to, to market and advertise? What is it that you can do for them for free as a volunteer that will show them the value that you will bring? So you are giving value ahead of time, just like us entrepreneurs do. So I hope that those musings give you something to think about in the new year, and that's not what the topic is. So now I'm going to segue on into that. So today I want to provide a little clarification around a question that I get asked a lot. And that's about the differences between coaching, counseling, and consulting. So other than the fact that they all start with, uh, let's see, CO, um, there's actually a lot of difference between them. And so I, I want to start by giving you a definition for each of these. And, and the, the idea here is the bottom line is I want you to be able to make the best buying decision for yourself. So if you're in the market for one of these services, you'll know which service you, you want. So coaching, first of all, and this is a definition from the International Coaching Federation, ICF. They define coaching as a partnering with clients in a thought-provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. I love that definition. I'm going to read that again. The ICF defines coaching as a partnering with clients in a thought-provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. Here's a definition I found for counseling. Professional guidance in resolving personal conflicts and emotional problems. I think you can very clearly hear a shift in the focus and really the tone between those two. So here's counseling again. Professional guidance in resolving personal conflicts and emotional problems. And then lastly, consulting. Here's the definition I found. Employed or involved in giving professional advice to the public or to those practicing the profession. So that's consulting. You are employed or involved in giving professional advice to the public or to those practicing in a, whatever profession. So here's my simple definition of those. So a counselor is typically going to look into your past to unresolved issues that are affecting your ability to function fully today. So they're kind of taking you from a negative sum game where there's an area of your life or perhaps your entire life where you are not functioning at um, really at kind of a, a workable capacity. We're not talking about maximum capacity of life here. We're talking about functioning on a capacity that will give you some quality of life. And so a counselor, and to go through counseling, you have to be with a certified counselor. That is a profession uh, with a minor, with a at least a, a master's degree. So they're going to look into your past. It's very past focused. What happened in your childhood? What happened in your teenage years that is causing the effect that you're getting in your life right now. A coach is going to look to your future to support you in taking your business or personal life, depending on whether it's a life coach, business coach, what kind of coach it is, to the next level. So coaching is typically for high achievers. So you're already functioning at a very high capacity and you want to go even higher. So again, a coach is going to look to your future to support you in taking your business or personal life to the next level. 
And then a consultant comes in as the expert who is either going to tell you what to do or do it for you. So if you think about like IT consultants, they come in and they're typically kind of implementing the whole thing. They're the experts. Um, I think of consulting, um, if you think about Mary Poppins, for those of you and most of you probably have seen the movie, Mary Poppins was very much a consultant. <laughs> she just kind of comes in and she's the expert and she kind of fixes everything and then she takes off. So I want to also talk about the benefits of working with a career coach. And I found this on um, the University of Vermont's website. And I thought it was a really great, um, a, a great set of kind of points in terms of the benefits of working with a career coach. So here there are 10. So number one, you're going to learn critical skills that are required in today's work environment. So whether those are the hard skills that are needed for a particular career or the soft skills of, with uh, engaged in sort of job searching and career management, promoting yourself, networking, you're going to learn some skills. You're going to learn what do I need to know to be successful in today's work environment. You're going to build confidence and define your value proposition. So you're going to get really cl crystal clear on what you bring to the table, what your brand is, and how does that brand manifest itself in the workplace? What makes you different and better than your competition? You're also going to build a powerful and relevant resume. So typically a career coach is going to be touching your resume in some capacity, whether it's like I do where they're actually writing your resume for you or whether they're taking that resume and making it better or taking that resume and translating it into how you will perform in the interview or anything like that. They're going to be working with your resume in some capacity. Number four, a working with a career coach is going to help you make informed decisions about the evolution of your career. I like that word evolution. So helping you to think about what do I need for the next step in my career and beyond that, looking two or three steps down the road to make sure that what my goal is for 10 years from now, that the, the next step that I'm going to take in my career is working me in the right direction towards that ultimate goal. Number five, a career coach is going to help you set goals and build a roadmap to your destination. So tied into what I just said, not only are they going to help you make sure that the next step is going to work you in the direction of your ultimate step, but what's that roadmap to get there from point A to point B to point C? What's the strategy to get there? A career coach is also going to help you build connections. So really working on your network, not only the, the people in your network and making sure that you have the right connections, but how to network with them, how to build and have more connections and have an effective network. A career coach is also going to help you gain lifelong career skills. So you're going to be, if you kind of think of it as this big sort of satchel of career skills, you're going to be adding to it as you're working with a career coach. And this is a skill satchel, if you will, that you can then pull from for the rest of your career. Number eight, a career coach may help you launch a career in a new field. So if you are ready for a change but not sure what that change should be, a career coach can help with that decision-making process. If you do know what that next step is, so I have, I seem to have a fair number of folks in my space who get into their kind of mid-50s. The kids are probably out of the house by now, so their financial obligations have lessened somewhat, and also they're just at that place in their career where they're ready to think about 
a more altruistic job and and they think about oftentimes it's nonprofits that they're interested in going into and so we strategize I remember I had a client just earlier this year who really aspired to that and we talked about how he could volunteer and how he could leverage his board experience on nonprofits and some of those kinds of things to be an intermediate step so that when he's ready to step out of his his for-profit job and into the nonprofit world, he will have an offer ready for him. He will be networked into that new sector. A career coach is also going to help you prepare for interviews. So that's a huge part of what I do with my own clients is doing not only the mock interview part, but also the strategy piece. And so I'm not going to give you answers to questions. Obviously, that's that's not authentic. What I will give you is strategies to help you answer those questions, how to approach those questions. What is it the employer is really looking for in asking that question? How can you address it best to to be relevant to them? And then finally, a career coach is going to help you craft your story to land your dream job. So really telling your story in a way that is compelling and insightful and uh, spurs action on the part of potential employers. So those are some benefits of working with a career coach. Again, that's according to the University of Vermont. So what I want to kind of wrap this up by saying is is kind of where my practice stands, because I don't think that I'm atypical in that regard. I think that most job search coaches or career coaches, and I kind of wear both of those hats, um, are also doing consulting work as well. Now, let me also, um, let me back up a step. I mentioned career career coaching and job search coaching. So when I'm doing decision-making with my clients, I am wearing the true career coach hat. So I'm administering some assessments that I have qualification for, typically the Myers-Briggs type indicator, which is a personality inventory, and the strong interest inventory, which as the name applies, is an interest inventory to really help people hone in on what uh, what careers best fit with their personality and also with their interests. And then we're doing true career counseling around how to achieve success in the career field that, that jumps out at them as being the one they want to pursue. And then when I'm doing job search coaching, as the name implies, we are you're in job search transition and I'm typically helping you to plan out and then map out and, and execute a highly effective job search strategy. I call it a targeted, proactive job search strategy that doesn't rely on job boards. So the way that I wear both are the coaching and the consulting hat, the coaching piece, if we go back to those original definitions, is there are times when I really want your genius to come through. I want you to be the author of the ideas because you're going to be more invested in those ideas if you have thought of them yourself. So for example... Um, you know, if I'm if I'm doing the testing with you because you want to make a career change and you don't know to what, ultimately it's going to be your decision what career field pops up for you, whether it's one that shows up as being a very good fit for you in the test or something completely different. That's your decision. I wear the consulting hat most often when it comes into the job search. And so I have a strategy that I've mapped out. It's very successful. It has worked over and over again. So we're going to go through that process, and it's going to be very much like a consultant. I'm the expert. I'm telling you how to do this. But within that, there are many decisions for you to make. So if you think about it, I'm kind of constantly putting on the the consulting hat, taking it off, putting on the coaching hat. So when I present, for example, 
all of the potential job search strategies that you might want to engage, I'm going to want you to select four or five of them to actually employ in your job search. And so then you're going to make that decision. I'm going to make suggestions as to which ones I think are a necessity for you based on your situation, the most important ones, but I really want you to make that decision. And then you're going to want to make two or three, have two or three action steps for each of those strategies, and that's going to be your decision. Again, I'm going to make suggestions or here's an idea, but it's ultimately going to be your decision. And I think that that kind of dual role is what you're going to want if you down the line decide to hire a career coach or a job search coach is someone who will pull your genius out of you when that is called for and then also who has processes and systems in place that that work that have been proven to be effective that they can teach you to do so i hope that that has cleared up Um, the difference between counseling, coaching, and consulting for you. And I hope also that my my musings at the beginning of the podcast have given you something to think about in the new year. Um, As I always say, I want to be your career coach. And so please feel free to leave a question for me. Please rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. I'm going to be marketing this podcast very heavily in 2018. As soon as I figure out Facebook ads, which is what I'm doing (laughs) at the present time, Um, not all that easy, but I'm going to make it happen. So please um, let your friends know about this. I'm starting to get some really great feedback from the podcast, and I greatly appreciate that. And if there are topics that you want me to cover... Again, as I've said before, this this podcast is specifically targeted to my sales and marketing superstars. You guys are my people. So if you have topics that you want me to cover, um, ideas, or just kind of comments on the topics that I've presented already that have resonated the most with you, feel free to shoot me a message. I want to hear it. And I look forward to speaking with you next week. Have a great week. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to The Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.